You're listening to the Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Hello and welcome to the Big Reviewski with Chicago Town Pizza. The name's Doherty, Owen Doherty. And look, the name's Cashin, Rory Cashin. Rory, why am I introducing us both in this really annoying and stupid way? Uh, I'm not sure why you decided to go the annoying and stupid route per se. You could have gone cool. You could have gone uh, slick and undercover because this is the week of James Bond. His 25th movie is finally hitting the big screen, No Time to Die, which is one of the bigger, uh, not just blockbusters of this year, but should have been one of the bigger blockbusters of, I think, 2019. And also 2020. But now here we are, nearly at the end of 2021. Daniel Craig's fifth and final Bond movie. It's finally here. And we all know that James Bond loves his martinis, shaken, not stirred. But you know what else he loves? Free pizza? That's right. He absolutely loves free pizza. And if you want to be more like James Bond, all you have to do is head over to the Bigovsky Twitter account, enter our Chicago Town free pizza goodies giveaway, and you could be in with a chance of winning that competition. Now, Roy, to celebrate the release of No Time to Die, yourself and I have been slaving away, scientifically speaking, and we have put together a scientific ranking <laughs> of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, the four of them to date. Now, tell me just how scientific is this scientific ranking? So what we did was <clears throat> we looked at the box office, we looked at the Metacritic, we looked at Rotten Tomatoes, we looked at the uh, awards and nominations and wins, and we threw that all out the window and just went with how we felt. So starting at the bottom, the fourth best so far of Daniel Craig's movies as Bond is Spectre. This organisation... Do you know what it's called? Its name is Spectre. And do you know who links them all? Me. Welcome, James. You came across me so many times, yet you never saw me. What took you so long? Now, I did rewatch this quite recently for the run-up to No Time to Die because it, it, it the plot is quite strongly interlinked and it's both better and worse than I remember it being. The action is better, but the story is so much worse. So, yeah, looks great, doesn't feel great. And at number three, it's Quantum of Solace. I was always very interested to meet you. I heard so much about you from this, but... If she hadn't killed herself, we would have had you too. Are you going to tell us who you work for? The first thing you should know about us is that we have people everywhere. Now, I'm going to come out and say it. Quantum of Solace gets a really bad rap. Sure, nobody knows what quantum means. Nobody knows what solace means. But if you're looking for a punchy, really hectic and short James Bond movie, then this is the one for you. Plus, that film gave us the greatest film extra of all time. That's right. We're talking about the lad who doesn't know how to use a sweeping brush. You had one job. The second best 
Craig Bond movie. It was tough. It, it, it could both be first, but I think we both agree the second best one is Casino Royale. This may be too much for a blunt instrument to understand. Any thug can kill. I want you to take your ego out of the equation. So you want me to be half monk, half hitman? I knew it was too early to promote you. Well, I understand double O's have a very short life expectancy. Fixing all the problems from Pierce Brosnan's Diner Today, this is like gritty. It's borrowing a lot of ideas from the Bourne movies, but giving it like a massive budget. And with Mads Mikkelsen and Vesper Lynn's character, uh, it's it's got some of the best supporting roles from any of the Bond movies ever. So yeah, this one's this one's pretty great. And in at number one, the greatest Daniel Craig James Bond movie is, of course, Let the Sky Fall When It Crumbles. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing the full thing because one, Rory will walk out and two, Adele will actually sue me. Country. England. Gun. Shot. Agent. Provocateur. Murder. Employment. Skyfall. Skyfall. Done. This is a phenomenal film and probably one of the best Bond movies overall. It was the perfect blend of old Bond elements, new Bond elements, and all-star cast putting in an all-star performance, especially Daniel Craig. And as we said, you can't have an amazing Bond movie without an amazing Bond theme tune. When the sky falls. Finally, 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 it's here. It's time for Rory Cashin's review of No Time to Die. So, yeah, for Craig's fifth and final outing as James Bond, we've got this mammoth behemoth epic undertaking. Uh, this is basically the 007 version of The Dark Knight Rises or Avengers Endgame. It's it's hoping to tie up all the loose ends from all of Craig's previous outings, bringing back uh, Leia Seydoux's character, bringing back Jeffrey Wright's character, bringing back uh, Christoph Waltz's character, uh, and also introducing some new ones with uh, Anna Darmas, who completely steals the show, even though she's only in it for one scene. Uh, Lashana Lynch, who's the new 007, uh, it's also fantastic in this. Rami Malek does his best. He's not in it much, and when he is in it, he just seems underutilized. Um, but the film in general does feel like it's more just a, a kind of a, a, a wave goodbye for Daniel Craig. Uh, obviously, he's been a part of this since 2006, so it's 15 long years of playing Bond, and it does feel like... This is more focused on him than anyone else. And, and that feels the right way to do it. But they've taken this very gritty, serious, grounded character and put him into the middle of a bonkers villainy plot that feels like it's from the Roger Moore era. So we've got this kind of weird clash of tones between the serious, gritty Casino Royale, Daniel Craig Bond, and a hyper kind of out of this world OTTness that doesn't sue 
the character that they've created. So it's 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 odd, it's messy, it's fun, it's funny because the script is co-written by Phoebe Waller Bridges, um, and everyone in it is is giving it their all, and it looks great, and the action's really really good. Some of the set pieces are fantastic, but it is just that little bit. It's it's not as bad as Spectre. It's not as good as Skyfall. I think it's probably falling between the stills of Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale. James? Fate draws us back together. Now your enemy is my enemy. How did that happen? Well, you live long enough. And now it's time for our big trailer of the week. And we're going from one guy who's in his last outing as James Bond to another guy who's rumoured to be the new James Bond. It's never going to happen. It's Henry Cavill. But Rory, what is Henry in this week? So this week, uh, Netflix had a massive event called Tudum, which was named after that sound that comes on when, uh, you know, you turn Netflix on. So they showed off lots of sequels and prequels and spin-offs and trailers and announcements and all that stuff to do with uh, everything that's coming to Netflix pretty soon or over the next few months or years. But one of the big ones, I think, that had the biggest reaction was the first proper trailer to the second season of The Witcher. So the first season, I think everyone was hungry for something following up Game of Thrones. Plus, The Witcher itself has a massive fan base, both, both from the books and from the video games, and then there's Henry Cavill, who is Henry Cavill, and people like Henry Cavill. Um, And they were very smart in promoting the first season. I remember specifically two shots in the trailer. One was just of his butt in leather jeans, and the other was him in a bath. So Netflix, no one's ever accused Netflix of being stupid. So this was further evidence that they know exactly what they're doing all the time. Uh, so yeah, so they recently dropped the first look at season two uh, for The Witcher. It already amassed like millions of views within the first 24 hours. <clears throat> it's going to drop on December 17th. So perfect sexy Christmas present for everyone who wants to be sitting at home this winter. Uh, and yeah, like I think, yeah, like I don't, I don't need to sell this to anyone. It's, do you like The Witcher? Do you like Henry Cavill? Here's more. Have fun. Evil is evil. Lesser. Greater. Middling. It's all the same. Something out there waits for you. Something more. Oh, fun. Now it's time for What's on the Box this week. This is all the best small screen recommendations for you to watch at home. And this first one, Rory, I'm already feeling tense. Why do I feel tense? Why do you feel tense? Well, the trailer is very tense. Um, the, the, the premise is very tense. It's a very tense movie. So it's The Guilty, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, directed by Anton Fuqua, who people might know better from Training Day and lots of other movies that he's done over the years. Um, Gyllenhaal plays a LAPD police detective who has been demoted to one of those 911 operators and he gets a phone call from a woman who claims she has been kidnapped uh, and he gets very involved in the process of trying to find her and save her life. So this was filmed almost entirely during the pandemic lockdown. It was a very clever idea to remake this. It was a Norwegian thriller, I think, a few years ago. Uh, that was shortlisted, I think, as well, for the Oscars. 
Um, this is written by, I think it's Nick Palazzo. Nick Palazzo, the guy who did True Detective. Like that, that guy. Uh, so it's got some huge weight behind it, and for 90% of it, it is great and tense, and then uh, the ending, it, it just kind of goes, Hollywood, uh, which is a bit disappointing. But for most of the runtime, it is, as you uh, succinctly described, very tense. 911, this is emergency operator 625. I've just arrived. Okay, sir, I need to know where you are. Last name? Is this the fire department? No, ma'am, you've reached 911, but I can connect you to fire. Oh, no. Just hold the I line. Can... What does she look like? She was tall, pink hair, in heels. Hey, man, can you tell me how long it's going to take? 911, what is the address of your emergency? just want to talk to you. So that's from Antoine Fuqua, and I'm a huge fan of his movies because he just makes really, really entertaining films. Uh, some of them, you know, they can be a bit hit and miss. Uh, and this next one, Infinite, am I right in saying this is directed by him as well? And the trailer looks so stupid and it looks <laughs> like it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, like he he does have two movies out on a home release on the same day, which is rare especially considering Infinite is such a massive blockbuster and it has, like, Mark Wahlberg and Chewie Telegiofor and, like, all of that, and yada, yada, yada. This reminds me a little bit of... There was a Charlize Theron movie about a year ago called The Old Guard uh, on Netflix. It, this is reminds me of that if that movie had $200 million in the budget. <clears throat> I don't want to get into the plot or anything because it's, it's idiotic and stupid, but I will say that the movie has a scene where Mark Wahlberg stabs a jumbo jet with a samurai sword. So if that is what you want from your movies, and it should be great. Infinite is on Prime Video uh, at this weekend. But if it's not, you need to reassess your life choices, I think. You're not crazy. You never have been. Do you find yourself drawn to places you've never been? your entire life aren't hallucinations. They're memories. You, you should have just started with the whole he stabs a jumbo jet with a samurai sword and yeah. that's all you needed to say. And last but not least, it's the Oscar winning Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah, so this actually won two Oscars when it was released uh, earlier this year. I think it was the Oscars for this. The concept at times completely lost to me. But it is <clears throat> the true story of uh, the Black Panther chairman, Fred Hampton, who in this is played by Daniel Kaluuya, uh, and the, the man who infiltrates the group uh, and essentially is almost like an undercover agent against his will, and he's played by Lakeith Stanfield. Now, Owen, I know you interviewed them both when the movie was released. I actually interviewed Daniel a long time ago. And even then, as he was making this film, he said this was the hardest film he ever had to make because it was just so emotionally draining. And when you watch this, you do get that sense that you're like, oh, this is tough for everyone involved. And it's a very, very powerful movie. Uh, will not put you in a good mood, but it is a very important story and brilliantly acted and brilliantly told and that is available on now as of this weekend deputy chairman fred hampton of the illinois black panther party repeat after me
Yeah, and you can check out those interviews up on the Joe.ie YouTube page as well. Now, all week I've been dreading the next section of the show. And I know, like everybody watching and listening at home, maybe you say that anyway. But for a very particular reason, it's time for pizza and a movie. And I've been on such a strong winning streak. Mm. Uh, Rory won one a couple of weeks ago. And then last week, when it came to choose the films, and Rory, you said the name of your one, which, um, of course, was Man on Fire. Mm. I knew at that at that moment that I had lost. Mm. Um, little did I know uh, how much I would lose by, because I went with my heart last week and chose a film that I love instead of my head. And I went for The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. But if we can get our generic drum roll, please. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you very much. The results have been tallied as ever. And this is this isn't safe. If there are any children around, please remove them from the room now, because this is an absolute massacre. Man on Fire obviously won with 89% of the vote to <laughs> measly 11%. So Denzel Washington has absolutely kicked Bill Murray's ass there. So congratulations, Roy. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I'm surprised it got 11%. You absolute scumbag. <laughs> I am. Do you know what? There's no mess in this week. Tell me, what's, what's, your, what's your stupid choice for pizza in a movie this week? Let me tell you what my stupid choice for the pizza in a movie choice is this week. Um, it ties in nicely both to someone this week and a very recent win of mine. It's training day. King Kong ain't got shit on me. It's Denzel again, but he is directed by Anton Fuqua, and it has been added to now. So if you want to see the Oscar-winning movie from back then, you can watch it this weekend. Have a little Anton Fuqua trilogy weekend, but if not, you can just watch Training Day and see Denzel go full King Kong and see why he won that Oscar. You have absolutely no shame. No. Like, you're just whipping out these populist choices now. And I'm delighted to say I've done exactly the same thing this week. I haven't picked the same film, but I have picked one of the greatest films of all time. It was released 34 years ago in the States uh, this week. And the reason I know that is because one of the stars tweeted it. We have the tweet right here. It was Carrie Elwes tweeted, 34 years ago today, a little indie movie I made, The Princess Bride, premiered in North America, and it changed my life forever. As you wish, Wesley. Farm boy, polish my horse's saddle. I want to see my face shining in it by morning. As you wish. As you wish was all he ever said. It is completely magical. It is a must-watch film. It's available to watch on Amazon right now. It is, of course, the Princess Bride. I'm actually, I don't know what way this is going to go. The Princess Bride versus Training Day. It's uh, it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Mm, yeah. Well, that's a wrap on this week's episode of The Big Review Ski. On next week's show, we're going to have the stars of Voyagers, a brand new sci-fi thriller. But this week, to take us out of the show, Roy, who have we got? Well, I know we should have no time to die, but we, we always make some time for Rami Malek, who is playing the villain in Daniel Craig's fifth and final Bond movie. Uh, you can watch the full interview with him and the director and some of the other co-stars. They're all up on Joe's YouTube channel right now. But for this particular bit of our conversation, he has some funny and interesting things to say about the secrecy, the absolute level of secrecy 
that much be must be achieved around uh, keeping plot secrets and the script and all that stuff to himself for so long around No Time to Die. I'll tell you when I first realized how secretive it was going to be. And it just hit me right now, dawned on me now. When I first received the Bond script, it was hand delivered to me by Barbara Broccoli herself. And she drove it over to my hotel in London. And I think that's a tone that she set for, we're going to keep our mouths shut and uh, it's going to pay off in the long run, which I I believe it will. And it has. You're listening to the Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. 